Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about how many properties can you buy? Now, this actually came from a listener, Jackson, our, uh, what, who I believe is our youngest listener on the Property Academy podcast. He said, well, how many properties can you actually buy? And actually, we're going to slightly reframe the question because theoretically, depending on on how much uh, equity you've got or your starting point, you could buy 80 properties if you really wanted to. Uh, and we've seen articles written about 25-year-olds who already have three properties or, or people who are in their 50s and have a total of 80 properties, um, which is a significant portfolio. But actually, the real question is, how much do you need in order to be able to achieve your goals? And I think this is, this is really important. Because sometimes we think, well, more is better. We just want as many properties as possible. But uh, it, it comes back to, well, what are you buying these properties for? Uh, you know, is it because you want you just want to have lots of properties, or is it because you want as much income as possible, or, or what is it for? And I know that most people listening to the show are looking for some just financial security into retirement, being able to look after their kids uh, and maintain their their lifestyle um, uh, for as long as possible in retirement. And for that, you might actually only need three or four properties. And we'll give some examples about this in a moment. But what this really comes from as well is uh, I mentioned in a previous episode. Uh, I'm currently getting through Mary Holmes' Rich Enough. Uh, which is a great book about about investment in New Zealand, uh, and she she talks about some research which I think is relatively well known, or at least to to economists, which talks about that after a certain point, if you're earning more money, you don't necessarily get any happier. That that after a certain level of income, which might be you know a hundred k or whatever it happens to to be, depending on your situation, and it's different for each person. But studies have shown that uh, after you get to that point of income, the additional income income doesn't make you any significantly more happy. And so that's why uh, our question that we frequently ask uh, and ask our clients is, or well, how much income do you want into retirement that's going to give you that level of happiness? Um, and then let's sustain that. And that's why you may only need a much smaller portfolio than you think. You don't necessarily need 10 properties. Andrew, I see you shaking, <laughs> shaking your yeah, head Yeah, I, I, I think I'd be happy with a bit more money. Uh, I So I just want to run through some numbers on this. So uh, if anyone's been to my seminar, this is probably the example that I use most often. So I probably present it 200 times. So I know the numbers off off by heart. So just thinking about kind of a typical person that we might see. So um, so I'm working on a scenario of a couple who are 45 uh, and they're going to retire at 65. So they've got 20 years to build some wealth towards their retirement. And then when they get to retirement, they want 15, 15, sorry, $1,500 per week to spend. Um, and, and so... What what do they need to what, what's the what's the plan for them and so if they if they if they're working on the um, assumption that they're going to get the government superannuation as of today well sorry when they turn sixty five so the rates today and we we inflation adjust all this uh, and and they've got KiwiSaver of sixty thousand dollars and they've got a household income of one hundred and twenty of which they put three percent into KiwiSaver and they get three percent matched and we'll assume that they're paying off their mortgage. So there's not a lot of extra cash to put anywhere else. So if they're do- and they're not they're not going to get any massive inheritance. Uh, so so those people would have a $1.2 million retirement gap. So when they get to 65, they're going to have needed to find a way of getting another $1.2 million. So they either need to buy a lot of ticket or think about some other things. Now, if the super, government superannuation doesn't exist in 20 years' time, 
and or it's been reduced or you don't qualify at 65, then that number jumps up to $2.2 million if you don't want to include that. And that would be, you know, if, if you're 20 years away from retirement, I don't think it would be wise to factor in that government superannuation, that, that weekly amount or fortnightly amount that you get from the government. So $2.2 million is kind of what they need to have saved. Um, now, if they, need, if they want to save that, per week, they need to start saving $1,500 a week and continue that for the next 20 years, which is pretty sad. Um, so I use the example of them going out and starting buying some properties. Now, if they bought one property today for $500,000 and they sit on that and they do nothing else, they, they just have an interest-only mortgage, they don't pay down the debt, and you know, using previous examples, that might cost them $50 a week. Then in two years' time, they say, okay, well, that's gone really well. We'll use the equity increase in that, and we'll use you know, maybe some more equity in a house, and we'll go and buy another property. And they buy the next property at 550 so in two years' time. And then in three more years, so five years from today, they buy a third and final rental property at $600,000. So three properties over a five-year period. If they did that and didn't pay down a cent of debt, they just held those property until they turned 65 and then they sold them all at once. They would have $2.2 million worth of equity in those properties at 5% growth. So it's it's quite amazing when you look at it that way, or I think so, that, that, you've, that you can have such an enormous amount of wealth with only three rental properties. Now, the, there's a few assumptions here. So um, obviously there's the assumption that they go up by 5% on average, uh, um, which I think is relatively relatively conservative, conservative if you're buying a decent property in a, in a, in a, um, in a main centre. Um, we're assuming that they sell them all on their 65th birthday, which would be mad. Um, you'd obviously use you know, your KiwiSaver and all those kind of things first, and then you might start to sell them those properties, and, and you would sell them you know, one at a time. So there might be some extra, extra money there, which if they've got kids and they like them, they might want to leave that to them. Um, uh, and, and we're assuming that they spend all their money so they don't leave anything else. And, and I've taken their owner-occupied property out because I'll, you know, they're always going to need a house to live. Um, and if they go into a rest home, they might sell that and pay, pay for the rest home at that stage with that. Um, now, obviously, um, the downside of this is I've worked on the assumption that they lived till 90. They lived till 90. Uh, and with increasing medical advances, we probably expected to live a lot longer going forward and, and if you do stop working at 65 you know if that's 100 an extra 10 years that's going to make a drastic impact um, you know you might have a good lifestyle um, uh, till 90 and then it might drop drastically so uh, we need to kind of think about that those kind of things so uh, another strategy so that's that's on the basis of just building up wealth selling your properties putting the money in the bank um, getting a modest return on that and then spending it if you want the numbers you can email me and I'll, I'll send you all of the assumptions but if they if they live beyond ninety, that's a problem. So sometimes what we do uh, with clients is once they've got to that first initial stage, so they've got those three properties, we add on some more. Now um, I always worked when I started um, investing in property. I always worked in the rule of uh, in, in pairs. So I'd buy two properties within pretty quick succession of similar value most of the time, and the idea would be that I would sell one of them to pay off the other at some stage. So. Again, we'll just use that 5% growth rate. So if you buy a house worth 500k today and then you buy another one worth 500k uh, in a few months' time and you leverage 100% on them, in 15 years' time, 
Both of them have doubled in value at 5% growth. So what that means is they're both worth a million dollars now. And, well, sorry, in 15 years' time. You can sell one of them, take this the 500k profit, and pay off the mortgage on the first one. So if you do that, then you don't have to rely on that equity in the bank that you're spending, you can actually have the rental income forever. Now, that might require twice the number of properties, or maybe, you know, in that case, it might require five properties, sell sell um, two to pay off three uh, over that 20-year period of time. Um, but it just, that's, that's another alternative. So that does require more, but still, you know, to have an income forever and also have those assets later on that you can pass on to the children, I think that's pretty cool. And... Uh, I think that really comes down to how many how many do you need? Um, f- you know, you can figure this out with uh, some pretty basic strategies and uh, and numbers. Or if you need people to help you um, run them, that's what we do every day. Um, because you don't necessarily need ten properties, which, were, as Andrew mentioned, was the uh, traditional advice and traditional strategy a- around this. So um, yes, you could potentially buy buy eighty properties. You could buy a whole heap of properties. Um, but figure out your goal first. Then you'll probably realise that you don't actually need that much in order to be able to achieve the goals that you have. Um, and and I just want to actually yeah, chuck in a disclaimer. Remember that this is general advice. Um, everyone's going to be different. And so how much you want at retirement is going to be different, but also how far away your retirement is, is going to impact on the number of properties that you buy. Uh, and so you need to kind of figure this out for yourself and and, and, or, and or work with a financial financial advisor or a property coach or something like that so that you can actually work towards those numbers. Um, we're working on a tool at the moment, just as a little bit of a plug. Uh, we've been working on a tool over the next... Am I, am I allowed to? It's giving me a look. I'm wondering which tool he's talking about oh, is the yeah, main no, one. Okay, all right. Well, uh, it's too late now anyway. We're working on a tool at the moment where uh, we, we plot... We, we, plot out properties and it shows the growth over time and then clients can have a greater control of their own destiny. So uh, whilst it's great for us to tell people what to do, I think it's more powerful if you yourself can figure out what your plan is. And so we will help you guide that, we'll help guide you in that. But then you can do things like um, if you decide you want to have another child and it's going to affect your plan, you can actually push out um, the property purchase, that property number two purchase for a couple of years, and see what impact that has. Uh, and or if you decide you want to buy a batch or something like that, how's that going to impact on your plan? And then that then you can make the decision yourself. Because at the end of the day, we can't tell you how to spend your money. Uh, we can just tell you what the math tells us uh, at the end. Yeah, we're allowed to talk about that one. That's okay. Okay, good. I, I, some, sometimes uh, I think. Oh gosh, he's gonna he's gonna talk about a tool that we're we're building that I have that he hasn't told me that we've got to build yet. Um, hey, thanks so much for listening to the show, and please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help us get the message out to more and more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our epic guide to mortgages? This is a nine and a half thousand word guide that we lovingly wrote over the Christmas break that teaches you how to get a mortgage and then how to pay it off more quickly. I'll drop that link in the show notes, but go to our website to check that out. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>